thanks. That's all for today. Thanks, 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 that's all for today. Thank you, that's all for today. Thanks, that's all for today. Thanks, that's all for today. Thanks. That's all for today. Hello and welcome to the final episode of Season 3, Part 1 of Thanks, That's All for Today, hosted by me, Harriet Mullen. Now, I hope you've enjoyed this season so far. A huge thank you to my fabulous, fabulous guests. Thank you all so much for your time and honesty and stories. Now, this week I had the absolute pleasure of sitting down and chatting to former pro ballerina turned fitness guru and celebrity trainer to the stars, Monique Eastwood. So if you want to learn about how to carve out a career in the arts that spans decades and how to pivot, then this episode is for you. Here's episode six with the incredible Monique Eastwood. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the next episode of Thanks, That's All for Today, a podcast hosted by me, Harriet Mullen. I am so excited for this very, very special bonus episode. And my guest today has been described by Hollywood actress Emily Blunt as the most extraordinary trainer. And I know that to be true. She is a professionally trained dancer, fitness guru to the stars and the mother of my best friend, too. It's the incredible Monique Eastwood. Hello, Monique. Well, what an intro, Harriet. Oh, my <laughs> Hello. <gosh. laughs> Who is she? <laughs> <laughs> Just a little me. Hi, Not how are at you? all. I'm really good, thank you. How are you? I'm good. And thanks for asking me to be on this. I'm really excited to talk to you about things. No, don't thank me. It's honestly an honour. I'm so pleased that you said yes to doing this because... I think it's so important to speak to people who have such vast experience in the industry, who have been able to pivot, who have been able to carve out a career for themselves. Because from a very young age, you are told it's probably not going to work out in the arts. It's it's too difficult. And that's not very encouraging. And it's not helpful for people who are like, well, what else am I going to do? This is my passion. So I think it's so Mm -hmm. important to talk to you because you have just done so incredibly well and you've been able to have a family and you've been able to go from being a professional dancer with all this passion for dance like you said to me earlier you would have worked for free which is how I feel obviously as you get (laughs) older and you are a mom and you've got to provide for people you can't obviously work for free but that passion is still there so I'm so excited to get into today's episode and just discuss that with you and I really want our listeners to hear all about how to survive in the industry and and pivot I think is the key word today yeah that's a very good word very good word yeah I think pivoting is is a vital part of this process um you've got to be able to do that Mm. definitely do you think that comes with being passionate about your career and your profession or do you think that's come from necessity uh a bit of both because if you if you like me I really loved movement um, I loved music uh, and I didn't want to do another job that maybe sat me down all day or because we all have to work. So I had to find a way of mm. this uh, releasing this 
this passion I have inside me. So I pivoted and because my babies came along, I couldn't be on stage. Well, I could have, but I would have probably not been around for them. And my husband wouldn't have liked that. I just, I'm, I married a guy that would have not wanted me to be traveling up and down and doing mm. uh, long shows at night. So I, I had to get to the point where um, I couldn't sort of disrupt the whole family. Um, so I, I had to pivot. And, and that's why I went into the personal training side um, and teaching people fitness, um, but in a with a twist to it, like with my dance background mm. and my scary scary ballet teacher, they called me. Um, but yeah, they kept coming back, so I carried on. <laughs> well, it's definitely worked, Monique. I think it's brilliant. I have known Monique for nine years now, and. I was in a band with her gorgeous daughter, Giselle, who I love very much. She's one of my best, all-time best friends ever. And you have got this absolute, like, incredible drive and motivation. And I was your biggest groupie, wasn't I? I was always wherever you were. But I just, I could just see it, the potential. And I guess because maybe I'd had to pivot and I'd given up my passion. And I could see it. And I was living through that that dream you were about to begin. Um well, you know, it, it was, it's a difficult dream to be singers or like performers. Mm. It, it, it doesn't only take talent. We all know that. Yeah. Talent's a massive part of it. It takes grit, that word mm. grit. And I, I mean, you, do, do you get taught grit? I think possibly I might have been taught grit growing up with those siblings. I've got four siblings. Um, maybe I think my parents pushed us a lot. They were very competitive parents. Um, and we had to win the swimming match. We had to win this. We had to do really well. So we we were quite gritty. We wanted, you know, we wanted something. We had to sort of really fight to get it. And we we all were like that, all of us. Your mm. dad is a superman. Like your dad he is, is not- <laughs> he how old is he? If you don't mind me. He's asking. 94. And I've got to tell you, my conversation today was he says, I'm bored. I sit around all day and all I hear is the, your sister and mother talking all day. He goes, I, I, I need to do a job. So I said, Dad, you're 94. What kind of job do you want to do? He said, I just need, I need to do something. So that is kind of my background. You know, yeah. and my mom worked until she was 79 um, and wow. she was like top of her game. So we, we grew up with these super parents sort of yeah. like nothing's impossible. You just keep going. Um, nobody owes you a living just get out there make it happen um so if you have been fed that through your upbringing I I I think it does play a big part on the characters you become you you feel like you've got to keep pushing it and you've got to keep achieving yeah I mean you've got to have that balance I mean I think you've got to find a balance maybe we were uh, too much that way Um, and sometimes then you don't find your contentment place some there's times when you are trying to overachieve and you become an overachiever and that can Mm. exhaust you so I think maybe I was going that way and with my with Giselle and Bronte my two daughters but you know Danny's a good balance my husband and he was like they're not living your dream you know they're Mm. living their own dream so as a parent you've got to be a little bit careful not to enforce the way you were and the way your kind of grit onto Mm. them you just got to give them a little bit of that yeah that's good advice for me because I'm gonna be the pushy parent at the nativity that's mm, like uh, excuse me <laughs> Why my daughter has angel? to be the angel or Mary no I'm only oh, joking God. I'm only joking <laughs> uh, I'll be in it Monique. they might they might rebel when I was at you know when I was at the ballet school Bush Davies it's it's not there anymore but years ago I, I was at a ballet school a very prestigious one it was fantastic and I was very honored to be part of that um there was a very a really nice sort of young girl and she was a very good dancer 
but she got given the parts all the time. Um, and all the rest of us were like, well, you know, we're also here. Why don't we yeah. get, the, you know, it was really frustrating for us. Um, but she seemed to always get the parts. And it was like, a, it was like, we felt like they were favoritizing her. But anyway, she eventually burnt out and yeah. um, she never wanted to dance again. By the time she'd left, she just gave up. Yeah. And it was interesting because we were like really jealous of hers because she was getting all these roles and we were mm. frustrated more than probably jealous, more frustrated that we didn't even get a look in. Um, but in the end, she kind of just walked away from it. Mm. It was too much, too much focus, too much um, expectation on yeah. her. Um, and I think you've just got to look for that balance. Yes. You really got to think about, am I, you know, am I going for the right roles? Is Am I putting myself through this? Um, you know, am I, am I the right person to be going for this? Because it's going to knock you if you're not, because mm -hmm. that person's looking for a particular thing. Or am I, am I watching someone get favoritized all the time and it's de-energizing me so much and making me feel unworthy? Um, you've, got to, you've got to be really honest when you go into auditions and into a career as a, as a performer. Definitely, because it can be, as you just mentioned, completely counteractive. If Absolutely. if you're if you're going for something that you're completely wrong for, yeah, it can knock your confidence. And also it's all about reputation. So you could go in for something and be, you know, a great dancer, but there's a singing call first and then you present yourself in a bad light to them and then they don't call you in for the dancer role or vice versa. I think I've yeah. definitely put myself in for some major dance calls before and then thought, oh, like I've been cut first round, I'm rubbish. But actually, I, I don't You're have not. that skill no. set. If you go into it with an open mind saying, I know I'm not the best singer in the world or the best dancer in the world, I'm going to go and do this because I actually want to have the triple threat. I want to be able to sing, dance and act. So I'm going to use this as mm. a little, little experiment and see how, how well I do. Um, but have that expectation to build yourself and get better and see if it's what you want. I always knew I wasn't a good singer. And so I just had that, I knew that I wasn't going to go for those singing roles. But yeah, I loved the musical side. So I kind of focused on, on, on the dancing because I knew that was where I, mm. I, my strong point was. Um, but then I watched some of my friends do this, try and sing, try and dance, try and act. And it was so hard because they get bashed down all the time. And yeah. But they put themselves up for it. And you mm. just thought, well, you're going to have to either do singing lessons or dancing lessons and improve. Otherwise, you're going to have the same experience in every audition. Every time. You yes. just have to look at what's going wrong. Instead of feeling more negative about it and feeling a failure, you have to try and either build on that, that side you need to build on or focus on just that one thing that you're really good at. Great advice. Great advice. Talking yeah. about dancing and singing and acting, I would love to just read out some of the incredible things that you have done in your career. So I have got about six bullet points worth Ooh. of credits. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I just want to tell everybody listening just about your incredible career so far. So uh, Monique's career in the fitness and health industry has evolved over 20 years, but let's start at the beginning. Monique, I read that you, and you just mentioned the name of the uh, school, that you attended a very prestigious ballet and theatre school. And did you study all forms of dance there? I did. Just yeah. Amazing. 
Yeah, all forms of dance. I wasn't good at all of them, I must be perfectly honest. Tap was not really my forte. Um, but, and ballet was my, I was one track minded with that. I just wanted to be a ballet dancer, but that opens your eyes at theater school, doesn't it? Yes. And you have to join that contemporary class or that, you know, jazz class. And then you have to do your grades so that you achieve a certain level. Um, and as much as you might not want to do it, um, it made me an all round dance. And I'm actually now to this day, very glad I did get pushed yeah. into doing all those different disciplines mm. um and and the acting class was probably my most scary class I hated that class uh but look at me now I'm having to stand up in front of people yeah you are performing in a sense so you don't know where your job's going to take you mm. but that performance skill of being nervous and in front of other other people that are better than you at acting that was really nerve-wracking as a as a 15 year old but um yeah I faced it and I did it and I think that's important amazing and we won't even go into the singing the singing was the singing was just terrible I don't believe you, you. Do your it. daughter has a beautiful voice she's got yeah, to I don't get know where it from she gets somewhere it from. <laughs> not me <laughs> so Monique then went on to train as a dancer in professional ballet companies in South Africa where you are from as well as the Vegas Star Resort and Sun City she has performed in many classics of the ballet world such as Swan Lake and I wanted to ask you is that why Giselle is called Giselle after the ballet it is it is and I actually was um I was sounds awful queen of the willies they called it but <laughs> not <laughs> I mean I can't think of any other way to sort of say that but that is what it was called <laughs> um I was the, the the wicked queen um in the main production and um I think because I was that my husband said why don't you just why do we call her Giselle and I thought, oh, I mean, she was a jilted young girl. I thought, no, it's not very good to call your daughter that, but it's a beautiful name. Um, so I'm glad we did. Yeah, it is a beautiful name for a beautiful girl. So you later, Monique, became fascinated by the world of Pilates and its method of training after many years of mm -hmm. teaching and dance. And then have become this incredibly successful fitness trainer who has trained a variety of A-list celebrities, such as one of my all-time favorite actresses, Emily Blunt. The first time I saw her in The Devil Wears Prada, I was like, that actress is incredible. She doesn't sound like she's reading lines. It sounds like she <laughs> was just, just so natural. Mm. A huge, huge Emily Blunt fan and of her husband, because I'm obsessed with the US office. Uh, Stanley Tucci. Uh, Ruth Wilson, Hayley Atwell, Olympian, Jack Gower. You've trained models, athletes, and for several years, you have trained actually on movie sets, such as Edge of Tomorrow, Into the Woods, Mary Poppins, and You Before Me. I mean, wow. I know, it's great. It sounds really glamorous, doesn't it? It does, is it not? <laughs> if I tell you of the exhausting driving up and down the M25 with my ball and my foam roller and my bands and my weights in the back of the car and all weather conditions and fighting through traffic. No, I mean, obviously, working on a film set is um, a little bit uh, like being uh, on stage. And mm -hmm. I think that's, that's why I push that side of it, because maybe I have got that inner frustration of not being able to perform mm. but actually to be able to help somebody perform better yeah. is something I love um, I'm, I mean I love it I, I, yeah. during lockdown I had a lot of dancers signing into my classes just for free I used to just let them in because I just wanted to have that performance help that performance and, and make them better performers it, it just gave me such a buzz 
Um, and being on set, I used to watch Emily doing Mary Poppins and oh. then she'd come off stage and we'd go, right, she's in her outfit. She goes, I can't sweat. So I was like, okay, well, well, let's put the fan on and let's do some just movement. Let's get you moving because she's in that long dress and very tight corset. Um, and I, we just laughed and it was just fun. And I felt like I was on stage with her and I felt yeah. like I was still part of that whole stage stage side of life that I had had given up when I had my babies. Yeah. So yeah, I kind of relived through her and I, now I teach her four times a week and we do like a ballet class together. And, Amazing. You know, and she's been, I've been with her nine years. So it's yeah. brilliant. I can really sort of teach her more and go a little bit deeper. Mm. And she's so, she, and Stan, I mean, Stan's so fantastic for his yeah. age. He's just so agile and flexible and mobile. And, and that's, you know, that's just keeping their, their movement going in their bodies um, for their performance so that they look agile on stage and they look like they're not rigid or stiff. or um, And that's a massive part of performance, whether you're an actor, dancer mm-hmm. or singer. Definitely. You, you need to be able to have that kind of fluid fluidity mm-hmm. when you're on stage. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And and especially I'm thinking of roles like Mary Poppins. You know, you really, there's there's so many well, there's so much focus with that character on her posture and the way she carries herself. So it must be amazing to see your work actually in a film, you know, the way you've worked with Emily. I mean, she looks absolutely amazing, but also anything you've taught her and Stan as well. It must be amazing to just see them in a film and be like, wow, that's, that's, it's almost like living through them. It is living through them and they're very receptive because they're very good at their trade. So they're very disciplined and having that discipline is brilliant because I have taught some people that aren't disciplined um, and that, you know, expect it just to happen in two sessions a week or they cancel and it's not going to, it's not going to have that mm. same impact um, because Emily went up on a wire to be out with that umbrella. You know, she was up quite high up mm. with a wire um, and she couldn't panic or she couldn't look like she was rigid she had to look very fluid as she's floating through the clouds mm. um and I mean Stan does quite athletic roles too but they've put it in is what I'm trying to say there's a mm. lot of people that don't put it in and having that I'm lucky that I've had those two performers that put it in because I have had people that haven't mm. um and that becomes so difficult so I'm finding a, a different angle a different approach as a trainer and I'm looking at them and it's a really big part of what I'm saying now. Mm. I read, I read body language, and I've learned to read body language over the years. And you get better at it, obviously, the older you get. So if I walk in a room and I sense they've had a bad day, or something's not working, or they need their confidence, a little bit more confidence, or they they just not in a good place, like we all are as performers, we're mm. such emotional creatures as performers because yeah. it's so driven by a, a bad performance or how we feel about ourselves, we beat ourselves up. Yeah. Um, and I I just have to try and bring that positive element back and and push them a little harder so mm. that they feel, oh my God, I actually did a bloody good session here. You know, mm. this, is, this is amazing. The most important thing I'd say in, um, in my career with, you know, high, high level clients mm. um, is learning to pivot and learning to adapt um, and reading that client. So when you walk in the door, know that you're dealing with a very big character that's got a lot of pressure on them with um, a, an expectation to perform at a very high level uh, in the film industry. So, um, or even on stage. Mm-hmm. So they have got this, 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 you know, this other stuff going on inside them. So you've got to really learn to adapt to that moment. And your lesson plan might disappear out the window because you are 
uh, you are having to read and see which way to take that client that day. And you may have to adjust that what you are going to do with them. Absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. And I have to say your your work and your advice uh, has been featured. I mean, I keep seeing on Instagram where your work's been featured is just amazing. I've got a list here, The Times, The Telegraph, Vogue, Women's Health, Grazia, Cosmopolitan, Harper's Bazaar, Sheer Lux, Town and Country, like just incredible but Harriet I'm very old though <laughs> I feel no, you are not what is would you say or is there a moment in your career that is your proudest moment do you know that's a really tricky one because um i I, to be quite honest, I wanted to be a dancer. That was my most important thing in my life. I wanted to dance and perform. So when I pivoted and became a trainer, it was like I was taking a second best job. Okay. Um, and I, I didn't really, you know, I didn't really sort of think I was going to go anywhere with it. You know what I'm saying? I just did mm-hmm. it because I had young babies and. I put my heart and soul because whatever I do, I put my heart and soul into. So I made it the, I made myself the best I could be at it. Um, so I don't know where my proudest moment, I guess, to get to 55 in January that I'll be and to still be able to move um, like a 20 year old, I guess. Mm, <laughs> I don't know, yeah. maybe that's a proud moment. And um, to still be able to do all the things I've always been able to do. Um, and that that feels great because I've always moved the same way. I've always just be me and and I Mm. focus on the way I love training I don't do anything too complicated to avoid injuries I try and think about the general public and how their bodies should move and what Mm -hmm. you know what what's what's needed so I guess that is a proud moment having the clients that are still with me um, and that have been with me on a long journey Mm. and that are still staying strong and getting stronger and I I watch them and that is like like a mom looking at your kids doing Mm. so well it's like wow she's you know whatever 40 or 45 or 56 and she's or 61 in Stan's Mm. case you know wow amazing look at them they can still bloody squat blow and plie and jump and you know, yeah, kick definitely. that leg up there. So that is that is cool. I like that. And I feel that they've they've put it in and, and we've worked hard together. Mm-hmm. It's sort of a, like a good team. A testament to you that you've been with them for nine years. Like that's that's incredible. Oh. I absolutely salute you. You're inspirational. It's good to have other strings on your bow, as they say. I mean, it's good to have other. I mean, if you really, really are now saying to yourself, I want to get this role. I need to get this uh, this job. Um, you you have you have to have a hundred percent effort into that that fo- your your focus. You know mm. that as a performer, uh, you can't be diversifying too much. But there's because we freelance in a way. I'm a, a freelance mm. as well. You know, you, you if you don't work, you don't get paid. It's kind of mm. that's that's yeah. we, we aren't part of a big company, um, and that was the hardest thing. Um, so you've got to know you've got to have when you're not working. You've got to know that that there's another thing you can do or. Yeah. What can I do while I'm waiting for a job? Um, whereas it's not going to be a full-time thing that I do so that I miss those auditions. And mm-hmm. that is the hardest time. But you need that time to be able to audition. You need to have that free time to be able to go 
and say, oh gosh, I've got that audition. So I can't get a full-time job. I'm going to have to work in that coffee shop. Um, they're going to know my hours aren't going to be a lot. I'm mm-hmm. going to have to really live at home for a bit. I don't want to live at home, but I'm going to have to. Mm-hmm. Whatever you have to do to get your goal and, and achieve it, you got to grit your teeth and do what you have to do. And then give yourself a time scale as well and say, okay, I've been doing this for 10 years. Um, I'm exhausted. Have I, got, have I achieved enough? No, maybe I haven't. Right. Now I need to, I need to come at this at a different angle. Mm. I'm coming at it from maybe the wrong angle. I'm not achieving what I need to achieve. I'm going to try and flip it. Um, yes. So I would say I'm going to use an example like Bronte. She doesn't won't mind me saying this. My daughter, um, she wanted a model. She wasn't tall enough for catwalk and she just wanted a model. And I said, Bronte, this is an unrealistic uh, vision. Right. Um, is it happening? Or is it, you know, is it happening? Yeah, you're getting a bit of work, a bit of this, a bit of that, but it's not sustainable. It's not going to sustain you. I said, why don't you try and flip it and become maybe a photographer's assistant or a, uh, you know, in-house model or do something, just pivot and make, Mm. find another way around it, get Mm. friends with a designer or a photographer. Um, And that was the only other way I could sort of find her dream help her find her dream you've got to find another angle around it otherwise you will just beat yourself up all the time when things aren't actually happening definitely it's exhausting it's exhausting it it really it really is you just you just got to have that inner grit and say I've got to find another way around this or I'm going to just keep pushing it for another few years um, and then you know pivot like I had to pivot Mm. with my with my babies and just find another outlet and put your heart and soul into that and I think Giselle told me the loveliest story that she used to come and sit on a, a pile of mats and watch yeah, you teach. Pineapple Studios. Well, no, well, when she was very small, I mean, I just had her. I mean, I had to teach summer school for my local dance teacher. Um, and she just used to keep crawling off this mat and I used to just pick her up and put her back on. I mean, the kids obviously used to think I was a total crazy lady, but I, I just wanted to teach. I was not going to stay at home. And I loved it. And I had so much to sort of impart to these kids. Um, and get the best out of them and then she used to be because she was an easy pretty easy baby I can um, imagine I, she's yeah, so no, she was. <laughs> no, and I used to take her to pineapple on the train with me and put her in the corner on the mats while I danced um, all like a couple of hours and she just sat there and you know she was so so like comfortable sitting watching maybe that's why she became a performer I don't know I was going to say that that's really mm. inspirational because she loved her dance didn't she and the singing and and yeah. she she did so much of that. I remember even when I met her, she said, I've been dancing in London. And mm-hmm. she's so, I mean, she is so motivated as well, Giselle. She's, I've said this to you before. She works so hard, so incredibly hard in any area, in any area. But isn't that interesting, Harry? That, but that's a pivot again. And oh my goodness, she's pivoted because she's now completely flying in her career incredibly Um, and and yes she's got that discipline and that discipline from that career has come right through into this job um and she's doing well so yeah you've got to just find a way of putting that energy into something else maybe and you obviously have a really strong work ethic in your family because everybody I know in your family like everybody on your side on Danny's side as well you've all got shops restaurants multiple businesses I mean your brother is a stunt director isn't he so yeah he's he's also really that's an interesting story he's worked so hard to get to where he's got Mm. he used to just go up to like um the top guy and say I'll fold your ropes for you I'll I'll bring you tea you know he did he was prepared to do anything 
um, because he knew he was good at what he did as a, mm -hmm. he could do anything. Um, and, and that was the belief system. Um, mm -hmm. You have to have that belief system in yourself. Um, maybe I wouldn't say I was as good as him with it. He's, he had a much better belief system than me. Um, and then he just drove himself to each level by saying, I can do better than that. I can do that better wow. than that guy. Or, yeah, he had that determination. Um, and he's been in the industry nearly 30 years. And yeah, he's one of the top top directors now for stunts for second unit. So yeah, that wow. that is our, I think maybe our parents pushing us again into that, that mm. you can do anything and, you know, don't expect anyone to, to give you anything. If you want it, you've got to go out there and really, try and find a way of getting it incredible and in incredible uh, my favorite story of your dad is he came into Danny's shop when I used to work for Danny and um he said to me my advice to you is never let anybody leave the store without buying something like as soon as you've let somebody <laughs> go without buying <laughs> you haven't done your job yeah. oh my god can you imagine growing <laughs> up with that <laughs> I mean, there is a there is a balance, and I'm sure you can hear that through the conversation. Um, it is about finding that balance because, generally, mothers we end up having babies, um, mm. and that can really put the brakes on in life. Yeah, um, because you, you're out of your depth suddenly. You know, you've been out there, you've been free, you've been following whatever dream you want to do, and and you've been focused, and then suddenly you've got this tiny little human being that you are now have to look after. So that was me at home oh my goodness my parents lived in South Africa what am I going to do I cannot get on that train and go dance I can't afford to get a nanny full-time um, mm. they're not old enough for nursery school oh my goodness I need to move I cannot just sit in this house sacking the dishwasher and feeding my baby I'm going to go insane mm. it might be the exact place you want to be you might have got yourself but I was quite young I was 26 and 28 when I had my babies you might have got to your 30s and think well I've done that and now I'm happy to do this mm. But I think you've got to be realistic and say to yourself, I need a job that I can then um, still satisfy myself um, and, and, you know, still bring up my, my kids. And that's kind of why I went into being Pilates, then fitness, and then developing my own method um, around my background. Hello everyone, it's me Harriet. I hope you're enjoying this episode so far. I thought this would be the perfect opportunity to pop in a message from our amazing sponsor, The Professionals PT. Hi guys, it's Louis here from The Professionals PT. I'm an online personal trainer who helps other busy young professionals create stronger, fitter and healthier bodies using habits and strategies that slot into the busiest of work schedules. When I was working 50 plus hour weeks as an economist in London, some of the biggest problems that I and so many of my peers faced was struggling to eat healthily, finding time to work out and simply maintaining motivation and discipline. Even though I absolutely loved reading about anything and everything to do with nutrition and training, I still found it so hard to adhere to the busy lifestyle. Now, I knew that generic advice wasn't going to cut it, and so I got qualified, turned my passion into a business, and started to develop and learn key strategies, mindset shifts, and training and nutritional advice that would go hand in hand with my busy work schedule, and doing it all without it feeling overwhelming. Now, my mission is simple. I want to create thousands of stronger, fitter, and healthier young professionals using a coaching experience that chronologically maps out the exact stepping stones you can take to improve your relationship with food, make smarter decisions when eating out, and how to retrieve your dream body without sacrificing carbs, alcohol, or your social life. And guys, I get it. 
A lot of you may have a good idea of what you want to do or what you need to do to hit your health and fitness goals. But the biggest problem is simply mapping out all of the advice from the most important to the least important. And that's why working with a coach can actually help you achieve that. So this is why following a coach with a very specific knowledge to your own situation can actually provide you with daily accountability, expert nutritional advice, ongoing support and a strength training program that you can actually look forward to doing. So guys, if you want to find out more information and get expert support, motivation and accountability, then visit theprofessionalspt.com and feel free to check out my Instagram page, which is at theprofessionalspt. So I want to play a game with you now. This Ooh. game is... I'm not good at games, Helen. No, it's I'm not... Like... <laughs> it's just it's a different format to ask you questions, basically, so that you don't okay. get fatigued by me being like, and what about this, Monique? What about this, Monique? So this is coming from the point of view of dancer and fitness guru. So you can answer it either way. But obviously, okay. you you know, you are a fitness guru now. That is your my official title for you. Oh, my um, goodness. Wow. So this round I normally call rituals because it's like, what's your favorite? What do you do? Blah, blah, blah. But I've changed it slightly for you um, because I just like to know more about you and you, I knew you'd be amazing with advice. So I thought let's just in a different format of asking you questions, let's just call it a game. So of all time, Monique, what is your favorite show or ballet? Or at the moment, well, I could say at this level where I'm now, um, I watched Wolf Works at the Royal Opera House um, about three years ago now, pre-COVID. Um, oh my goodness, it was just insane. Alexandra Ferry, uh, she's an older dancer, was doing was uh, the main character, which is based on Virginia Woolf's life. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but it, it was just sensational. Probably one of the most gorgeous things I've seen. Um, and Natalia Opsonova, she was a... Um, a beautiful ballerina she was in it and I mean I was mesmerized completely mesmerized mm. uh, I just and then I've just watched um the sting stings new one so that was also pretty fantastic because it was all breakdance his uh, it, I can't remember the choreographer's name sorry I can't That's but it okay. was um it was his songs that they've adapted she's adapted and it was all based on um the refugee crisis wow. and it was just it was just brilliant how they've how they put the music of Sting's music into yeah. this dance. So that's my two things I'd say that have really ticked the boxes over the last um, 10 years. Amazing. And what about when you were growing up? What was maybe a, a standout moment for you that made you think I want to be a dancer? Do you think you just enjoyed dancing growing up or did, had you been inspired by seeing a show or, or seeing a favorite dancer? Harriet, you won't believe it. I was a gymnast and um, I, my parents took me because I had such a flexible body. They took me uh, to this local gymnastics school. And then I saw somebody do a triple somersault and land on the meshing of the trampoline. And I just lost my nerve. And I went, okay, I'm going to be, I want to go to ballet because it looks much more floaty and quiet and calm. And my mom was like, okay. Um, And then I had a very strict ballet teacher and I loved the discipline. I loved the structure. I liked being um, challenged and pushed mm. and letting my body find a different direction and getting better at it. Or, mm. you know, that was just my thing. And I, I was quite young then. So 
yeah, I just it just built from there. I wasn't really like a little girl that wore tutus and ran around wanting mm. to be a ballerina. It was just, I was a very physically, I liked the physical demands it put on my body. I loved mm. it. Wow. I cannot relate at all, but I I loved babies ballet. But as soon as I moved up to the discipline level of uh, pre-grade one, oh no, I just needed my mum. But I think that's amazing because it is all about about Mm. discipline. It is all about it. And if you like structure and discipline um, and you have a passion for, you know, for your, for how far you can push yourself, um, Mm. I think I, I definitely feel that you're an either very athletic person or you're not. And I think I, I would have been athletic. Mm. Um, that's, I, I might have not have been dance, but I was pretty athletic. For that, That's the way I, my body was designed to be. Um, so it kind of was more natural to do these things. You've got to feel that natural ability. If you're fighting it all the time and it's really unnatural, you, you have to have a level of honesty about that. And mm. um say oh my goodness I know I need grit and I've got grit but I've got to be honest with myself this is just you know bloody hard work and it's just not working Um, I need to find another way around um you know maybe like I said about Bronte you just got to find another another angle Mm -hmm. to enjoy to still enjoy it and when you were younger what did you want to be when you were older probably my mom says I, I wanted to be a dancer um I don't think she thought ballet but I think she said you seemed to really enjoy dancing mm. uh, I used to put so I guess a dancer I, I don't know I, I can't remember the little me <laughs> so no, ago. I always find it interesting because you are either one of two people you've grown up wanting to be it or subconsciously yeah. wanting to be it or it's kind of crept up on you and you've it's yeah, from other yeah. people saying you should maybe do this or try this or you know so I think that that's really interesting I, I'm the same as you I think it's like a natural evolution of wanting to become what you really enjoyed as a child exactly yeah no that's true that's a very good way of putting it yeah. um do you have a favorite dance move Monique or like a move that you is your go-to move Mm. like a trick I'm sure, I, I'm, I'm sure my clients would say she yes she has <laughs> um, a go-to move well, yeah, what, what if I'm really sort of like what shall I do today I can yeah do... or or like a a move that you would say to everybody I mean it's probably really difficult because everybody's different but like a a signature Monique move that you would recommend people do in their everyday uh, from plie from plie to curtsy plie to curtsy I would do that because your your slight turnout in that using legs and glutes and then going down into that curtsy would so you you you're really activating a lot of muscle and staying nice and low in your plie curtsy and doing about 15 reps on one leg and then 15 on the other that will be a quite a, a nice power move amazing I'll write that one down Amazing. I'll send you some video proof. Um, <laughs> Please. What would you say if if any, they've all been amazing, I'm sure, but have you ever had a favorite job ever? Um, well, actually, uh, I, I do enjoy teaching on set, I must say. I, I loved teaching on Mary Poppins because I got to go and watch the dancers. Oh wow. Um, and I was obviously like, I'm a dancer. Can I join? But no, you know, I'm no. They were like these amazing American dancers um, for the Mary Pop. I don't know if you remember them all swinging yes. around the lamppost and oh, on yeah. bikes. And 
so that that really was so fantastic to be able to witness mm. that and be part of that um, whole energy and vibe and watching the physio go around and mm. it, it was heart sore a really heart sore for me because you kind of wish you still there but mm. you, you know reality check I mean you know you're 50 get over it and um, <laughs> so I just I just think that just being part of the film sets and being with them and and being able to have that access to what they do can't even imagine being on set for Mary Poppins it's such a magical film as well it's iconic fantastic iconic it is my all-time favorite Disney film that must have been such a dream to work on have you ever had a favorite audition story from when you danced or a favorite story from your your fitness career anything that's like a standout memory where you're like oh yeah this happened or maybe it was your last audition or your first well, I can only remember um, I, did, I was part of a, um, like a college where they used to get that the people from the ballet uh, companies used to come and pick dancers um, to be part of the company. Um, and uh, I was very aware of this. And there was a role for Rhapsody in Blue that uh, one, of the, one of the other dancers got the main role. And I, I felt like I said before I felt really like I was good enough to have got that Mm. role and I felt very frustrated that I hadn't got it but she got it so fair enough um I was one of the understudies and I thought okay you're an understudy that's just the way it goes sometimes just learn it the best you possibly can and be so good at it if you just happen to get one night to do it you're going to be incredible so um, I remember practicing while the whole time at the back while she was learning. And can you believe it? She, poor girl, if I think about it, but she broke her ankle. I mean, she what were the chances? She broke her ankle. So they went, right, we've got two understudies. I remember the, the other girl and we're going to audition both of you. And I was like, I've got to get this. I have got to get this because oh. I want to be recognized by the dance, My the gosh. ballet company. And I put my heart and soul into that. I really, really did. Um, I lived it. That music was in my head all the time. Rhapsody in Blue was two pianos on stage. And I got it. I got the role. And I was so ecstatic. So I never forgot that. And my mom came up and whipped the poster off the wall on the way out the the, uh, auditoriums. (laughs) I've still got it to this day. (laughs) That's my mother. Yeah, so that was a cool story. I mean, there's been lots of not so cool stories, but that was a very, a very lovely story. Oh, that's but, incredible. Yeah, and I mean, I did feel sorry for for the poor girl that obviously oh, yeah. did, but that's how that's how it goes. You know, mm. sometimes you get an opportunity, um, and you've got to make the most of it. You're just as good. Mm. It's just that you're a different, a different, maybe a different look or a different take. Mm. So you've got to be that prepared. And thank goodness I was. And finally, what piece of advice? has been your favorite piece of advice that you've been given not necessarily that you would give but you have been given keep trying keep going look at me I'm still going Mm. still trying keep going Um, there are negative times there are times when I've walked into a village hall because I was a young mother when only two people turn up or maybe one person turns up um, and it's depressing. It's heart, you know, heart wrenching. You think, oh my goodness, this is like maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe they don't like what I do. But no, you can't let that negative hit you. You've just no. got to keep going, keep trying. They've got busy lives. There's things crop up. There's reasons this happens in your personal training journey. I'm saying, if you're starting out as a personal trainer, don't take it personally. 
believe in yourself, um, believe in what you are um, saying to, the, to, to your clients, research as much as you possibly can so you've got a, a lot of kudos behind what you're doing and saying, mm. um, and just be the best version of that trainer as you possibly can. And I've been doing this a long time. Mm. So there have not always been the glamorous movie star moments. Um, you know, and sometimes you turn up there and they've got another engagement and you've driven all the way from Chichester to London and you've got to get right back in that car and drive all that way back home. Mm. And you think, oh my goodness, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? What am I, you know, and then you've got to pivot your head and go, okay, next week will be different. And yeah. usually it is. So you've got to have a lot of stamina and you've got mm -hmm. to have a lot of motivation. You've got to have discipline. You've got to believe in yourself and you've got to have determination. Before we go, there's a final section called Have You Ever? And okay. it's not like the drinking game, Never Have I Ever. Don't worry, I'm not going <laughs> to I don't even know that game. <laughs> Giselle will be laughing right I, the second. I've never played it with that. Giselle. <laughs> um, no idea. Okay, so this final section is just called Have You Ever? And it's relating to dance, fitness, your whole career again. I wanted to ask you, would you recommend asking for feedback and have you ever? Absolutely. Yeah, they are human beings and you might get a rude response sometimes because they can't, haven't got the time or they just can't be bothered, whatever. But what are you going to lose? Nothing. You, you know, it's really important to go up there very politely um, and say, I hope you don't mind. Um, I'd really be interested in getting a little bit of feedback about uh, what you were looking for and what I can improve on, mm -hmm. not why you didn't like me. That's meaning it's too personal on that side of them judging you. Turn it around and say, what could I improve on? What do you feel that I, I should work harder on? Um, and I think that's definitely an, a, a great approach. Amazing. Your fitness career is just obviously, as I mentioned earlier, skyrocketing. Have you ever thought about in the past or wanted to um, ever open your own dance school? Uh, no, I've no. wanted to. No, I've wanted to do retreats uh, where I captive have these uh, people that are not necessarily, you know, my age group, younger people as well that really need a mentoring. I love that mentoring side mm. of things. Um, I don't want to just bash out a lot of plies and tondus and pirouettes all day. I've done all that, you know. Mm. I just I want to make it more bespoke for people that are on a fitness journey or a, a dance journey or whatever a, a musical theatre journey, and they they want somebody to be an advisor or mentor them I, that I love that because I've done a lot of it already mm. and I've inspired a lot of people to become fitness trainers and they always say Monique which is the best course what can I do what and I I think that's a, that's that's what I can give back because mm. I've done it I've been around a long time and 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 that's more like not a school but that's more like an area I'd like to develop yeah and uh, going on with with that sort of advice and coaching side of things have you ever or would you ever be on a panel for I'd any... love to yeah? you should hear me when when <laughs> I I'm really good at the x factor I think Simon and I are very in tune sometimes <laughs> I always, I always go, that was amazing 
And sure enough, he chooses that person, but sometimes we don't agree. But no, I'd love to. I, I mm. think that would be so cool. But I wouldn't be mean. I would, I would, no. sometimes they can be a bit mean. I think you can really crush a person that's got, got low self-esteem. You've got to be a little bit careful. Mm. Uh, I, I would love to be able to encourage and say, look, if you took it a little bit this way or you did a little bit better on that, or if you practice a bit harder on that, that would be my kind of panel. Yeah. I would love that actually. If you could just be on the panel, that would be great. If I could walk in and be like, <laughs> "Hello, please give me a job." I, like yeah. I don't know you. <laughs> I'd say yes, for sure, Harriet, with that Thank voice. Thank you. That's made my day, Monique. You know, I actually have been in a ballet before. You're going to laugh, but I was in Capalia when I was 18 and I got the phone call from my ballet teacher. She was the head of of the ballet school, and I only did ballet from. I think 18 to 19 in my gap year because I'd done, you will laugh, but I grew up as a street dancer from the age of five. I did disco dancing, it was called freestyle. And then I got into street. Yeah, you wouldn't, you wouldn't believe me. But when I was auditioning for drama school, like you were saying earlier, I was told you need to have more experience with other disciplines of dance. So I did modern for a long time and I I tried out adults ballet. Anyway, long story short, the owner of the dance school said, Harriet, we've got a main role for you in Capalia. And I was like, oh my God, guys, I'm going to be in a ballet. I was cast as Dr. Capalia. Oh my, you must have been brilliant. (laughs) There was no dance required. Don't worry, my first role as a ballerina in in the ballet company in South Africa I went to the costume to get my cost, costume department to get my costume. It was one white glove. And I was, I mean, I just joined this prestigious like, ballet company. I was like, well, where's the rest of the costume? She said, no, that's, that's it. You're lady so-and-so. I said, I know I'm lady so-and-so, but why have I only got a white glove? <laughs> well, I, I didn't realize I'm sitting in a carriage going across the stage. And I put my hand out of the curtain of the carriage to be kissed by the passing guy and then pick it back up and put it in the carriage. That was my very first role in the professional company. I'd plied, I'd tondued, I'd pirouetted my little butt off to get that role. And oh my goodness, talk about knocking you down. <laughs> and the oh last night God. we got one of the guys to, the guys from my, from my company to sit in the carriage and do it with, <laughs> instead of me. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, you got to have these funny missing stories. You. Missing you. Beautiful hand, clearly. That's what they were going for in that scene. Amazing. And and the last question in this uh, section to finish off our podcast today is, would you now with all your, I know you're so busy at the moment. I saw you're working with Davina McCall the other day and you are in high demand with your amazing clients. Um, But would you audition for a show now if you were, what's the word? Approached. Oh, Harriet, that's such an interesting question. It would have to be something that I felt like I was going to be okay with. You know, I'd have to practice. I'm such Mm -hmm. a perfectionist. So if it was something I felt I could achieve at my stage and age, yeah, I would practice, practice and, you know, find a way around it. But Mm -hmm. um, I would not put myself up for anything that I felt I, not at this age or stage, that I was going to be way out of my depth doing. I mean, if they, if they, if it was like an older role, you know, like Alexandra Ferry was, was more of a walk-on part and, and a lot of movement. Yes, mm. yes, please. But if I'm going to have to do a split jeté across the stage four times and 
jump into the arms of another dancer while I do a dramatic pas de deux on point. Forget it. <laughs> no, it's gonna. I'd have to take a few years to train for that one. That looked confusing to me in my <laughs> you know, head for what I translated it as. Hard. <laughs> I'm very, I'm very driven by music. Um, music's a huge mm. part of my rhythm and how, and how I move, um, and I really love music. So um, that's that's been a big part of how I train now. I, I bring lovely tunes into and I choreograph as I go along it's just it, it's just on the moment really I, I never really think of what I'm going to do I just do what I wow. do yeah on the on the day would you ever do a collaborative choreography role you know where I'd you, love to yeah I can I'd imagine you'd be amazing with some of the shows that do a lot of research and development I I think that would be amazing because that is moving with the music that you are given I mean that's such a talent <laughs> I, I can't even imagine I'd have to have the steps in my head no I, I, I've, I'm not good I prefer to be led by my tunes or my music or my, my feeling that moment um, and I, to be honest I can't overcomplicate things remember mm. because I'm dealing with the general public yeah um, and they're not all fit like us or gone through that basic dance training so you've got to remember that as a mm. trainer what feels natural to you you'll be very surprised how the general public move when you go out there into the fitness industry. What you think is easy. I mean, I was giving the most ridiculously complicated things in the, in the early years. And I was thinking, why can't they do that? It's, yes. it's, we've been trained to do move our bodies and to pick up steps and to, to move in multi-directional ways. And so it takes time. It's a process. Finally, what advice would you give to a performer who has not worked in the last 18 months? Just basically about motivation. So there has been a couple of clients actually that I've had to mentor recently and have put on a bit of weight. And the only thing I'd say is you've got to get that part right first, because you're not going to feel good about yourself until you get your machine, your engine. And this body is your engine. You're like your little machine. You've got to get it firing on all cylinders. Mm. You've got to feed it well. You've got to start walking. You've got to start getting nourishment into it. You've got to start building that build it, that uh, that machine back up again. That was what I would do first. I'd get really disciplined um, and say, right, I've got a month or two months, and I'm really going to be strict. Write yourself a little plan. Mm -hmm. Don't think of the don't think of the end of, of the audition or what you want to achieve. Think about where you are at this moment now and build a little program, uh, day, your daily program. And if you fall off the bandwagon for a day, come straight back onto it that next day and say, right, that was a terrible day. I'm regrouping. But by the end of eight weeks, I need to have my body in shape and my food and nutrition absolutely spot on. Um, I'm going to listen to podcasts that inspire me from actors and people that, that inspire me. And I'm going to have that focus every day of positivity and build yourself to that place so mm. that when you are out there again, you are ready for it. Oh, definitely. That <laughs> well, spoke to do. me. So thank you. <laughs> um, Monique, is there anything you'd like to tell our listeners about where we can find you online or what you've got coming up? Anything, anything at all that you've got going on that my listeners could maybe find you at or 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 follow you let me know okay well I'm I'm a bit of a creature of habit I'm not I must say I just I'm 
I don't really do a lot of posts on my Instagram, as you probably noticed. Um, but whatever's on there is enough content, mm. I feel, no, for I people to sort of get a general idea of what I'm all about. There's a lot of movements. And I, I mean, um, you know, I put them on occasionally and I give a lot of my articles and I've got blogs on there as well mm. on my oh, on my website. So you just go through from my Instagram, you go into my um, website from there. I have on-demand classes as well. If you want to just keep movement in your life um, and they last from the, you can see there's a date underneath and they last for up to a week from the day they release. So you can repeat it if you want, or you can have a friend with you, which works out quite cheap. So you've got the on-demand, you've got the lives if you want to join, um, whatever, if you want, I don't know what your schedules are like, but it's, and I, you can email me if you have any questions. I'm happy to answer questions because, mm. you know, I've been, I've been where a lot of you have been and um, I'm happy to help if I can. I don't always know if I can, but I'm here. Amazing. Monique, you have been so fantastic today as a guest. I'm just going to show you all my crossings out and scribbles and everything. Oh, my gosh. oh you've <laughs> answered absolutely everything. And thank you so much for your time because I know you are a busy lady and super in demand. So thank you so much for your time. And I'd just like you to say our tagline just to sign us off, which is just thanks. That's all for today, if you don't mind. Thanks. That's all for today, Harriet. <laughs>